this is that other sports show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, peoples of all ages, we are back. I am Jesse. I am here with my man, Jason. Jay-Z, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. I feel bad because I'm already lying to you. I said I was gonna I had picked my teeth. I'd clean my teeth enough to do a show without sucking and scratching on my teeth here. And here I am taking the phone away so I can fucking pick at my teeth some more. It is okay because I just had a pineapple Jolly Rancher in my mouth. So my mouth is actually salivating like 10 times more than normal. <laughs> so I'm like sucking up my own spit right now as I'm trying to not spew it, spatter it, all over my phone and doing this podcast. We are once again the most unprofessional podcast that has been doing a show for 10 years, <laughs> close to 10 years, over 10 years. We've been We've done a thousand of these shows and we still cannot get our shit together 10 years later. Even knowing beforehand, hey, let's try and clean all this up so we can sound as professional as possible. We try. Right. We try. And then we here try. I am just with one of these fucking Colgate uh, pick sticks, fucking floss yeah, sticks. Yeah, the Colgate pick sticks, man. I have like a hundred of them in my work bag. So. I fucking love these things. I'm saying it's almost like uh, a therapeutic thing when you just yes. like go into town on your, on your teeth and no one can really tell you shit because you're supposed to be flossing and it's a lot cleaner than going up in your fucking gums with your dirty ass fingernails. Like, exactly. Come on, man. What are you gonna exactly. What are you gonna do? It's 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 recommended by a dentist. It's recommended. Nine out of ten dentists recommended. I want uh, I want to uh, get your pulse. I, I want to get your I want to get your pulse. Jess. how how are you today? Coming off a rough weekend. I'm like oh. what seventy two hours now, or co- going on seventy two hours after the mm. uh, the collapse of of a season that was once thought to be the season for the Buffalo Bills. So I'm feeling I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling fine. I still, my 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 thought process is still like running. Like I'm yeah. still trying to figure out like what yeah. happened, what yes. what went wrong. Like, uh, I mean, it's going to be hard for me to articulate good Cowboys takes on what do we do next year? Because that's where my head's at. Like I was thinking about this in the shower too. Like, what do we, I don't know what we do. I don't know what we're going to do free agent wise. I don't know what we're going to do in the draft, but I feel like we're going the wrong way. That's just where I'm at. And and I, I feel the same way about the Buffalo Bills. And unfortunately, being a Buffalo Bills fan and a Cowboys fan in 2023 is not the same as 1990, you know, through 95. Yes. When we were going to Super Bowls and contending and, you know, everybody knew that, like, you know, we were the teams to beat and this and that. Uh, now it's like I went through as a Bills fan. I went through that that drought. Everybody talks about the drought. We got through the drought. We hired Mc, uh, McDermott as the head coach. We got Brandon Bean as the, the GM. Things looked like it was turning around, and by all accounts, it did turn around. We ended up making a playoff game. We ended up getting to a couple more playoffs after that. We had that great AFC Championship game against the Chiefs where we lost. We had last year's 13 seconds. And then that brings us to what happened against Cincinnati in Buffalo, which is a lot of people are deeming it the third and two, uh, which was a play late in the game when Buffalo had a chance to uh, just pick up two yards. I mean, screen pass, Josh Allen through the middle, 
And what gets drawn up, it's a 40-yard bomb, basically a straight route up the seam uh, that went nowhere. And then Absolutely. instead of going for it on fourth down and having some balls, some cojones, wow. we punt when we're down double-digit scores to a high-scoring offense like Cincinnati Bengals. I have a ton of takes. I'm going to try to limit them. No, first, no, I know, I know before, we got to get to fight. We're so Before we get organically into stuff, going into football already that I want to stay here, but I I want to I want to touch on the fights and I we feel have like, to. I feel um, we're going to do the fights a disservice and I and I be, don't. Before want we to. do the fights, I do want yes, to say. But yes, let me uh, let me say this as well. Let me say this as well. You are right, and also when wh- I feel like when I'm watching that moment. It feels like a team is conceding to defeat rather than fucking going out yeah. on their shield and going, well, fuck it. And I understand that's where the mathematics come in, right? That's where the real the next level analytic guys that get jobs due to this shit, you know, because they're more right than they are wrong. They're right 70% of the time. But something that I heard Michael Irvin say a few weeks ago, which is, what you can't factor in when you're doing all the nerd analytics, the geek analytics is football momentum. And that squashes any football momentum. And the bills had such a difficult time getting any type of fucking momentum at home. They truly just could not get out of the gates that you want to try and get, you get that first down right there. The, the momentum is such a fucking big swing, but but yes, Jess, yeah, Jess, go ahead with your one yes, more thing. So and then we're going to get to fight. Because we're already, again, we're already doing it. We're trying to get into football mode, which which we will. But before we do, I, I want to say uh, thank you for anyone who's listening. Thank you for the people who have listened in the past and continue to support us. I want to say out variety. that. If, uh, sh- exactly. If you want to, uh, Jay and I are both on Twitter. You can follow Jay at Valdez, spelled backwards. You have spelled backwards, 559. You can follow me at JTT81. You can follow the podcast at Team Toss 21. And we are now supported by and through a network, Variety Sports Network, based out of St. Louis, Missouri. You can follow them at Variety underscore sports underscore. So please take all that into effect. Go follow those people. They're good people. They got a lot of baseball stuff going on, which we don't hit on a lot. They got a lot of hockey stuff. Big hockey guys. I can Uh, can go big hockey guys, big uh, college guys. And I'll say this. I can I I listen. I wanted to say this at the at the top of the show. I can do twenty minutes a Hall of Fame baseball takes. I am not. You can catch me on Twitter doing that shit. I can do twenty minutes on Lakers and LeBron and Westbrook and just the whole West right now hoops. I'm not going to. We're doing fights. We're doing football. We might put a cherry on top with a little AEW talk because I was at the uh, last Wednesday's event again. Shout out Big Baller Brian. Brian bought me a fucking shirt and water and peanuts in the event. So he's really taking care of your boy. I got nothing Damn. but love for Brian. Dude, listen. This, I mean, that right there alone was probably uh, $750. So <laughs> shout out to Big Baller Brian for sponsoring your boy some peanuts. Although I, like I was it. a little bit worried. I was worried because he was trying to carry down a Red Bull. Oh, no, sorry. A Rockstar can. Oh, and two waters, and I was afraid because they, they had us walking from up high all the way down because we had really, really low seats. So you got to start high, come down low. And I was worried, like, I don't want him to have that Homer Simpson slip down the fucking stairs and, more importantly, spill my water, my $17 water. 
so shout out to Brian. He made it happen. He made it. He was able to bring it all down and didn't the, spill anything. To all you people bitching and complaining about the price of eggs, go to a live show and try to buy anything. Then, then, <laughs> you, then the, the price of eggs will not seem that bad to you. I heard my buddy say, and I've been to a thousand wrestling events with this guy. I'm not even joking. I've, I've been to more than probably 30 wrestling events with my buddy. I've went to wrestling events with him for over 20 years. Not Big Baller Brian, my other buddy Aaron. And he said, as he sat down, the beers have went up since the last time we went here, and they went up the last time we were here. So that I don't know how much he paid. I didn't ask. He had one of those enormous fucking beers. It looks like a real like 20-ounce beer. I think they just pop a 20-ounce can and pour it into a big-ass cup because you're not allowed to fucking carry cups or shit like that. But we'll see. But, but hey, listen. Yes. Price of eggs, price of a nice brewski, price of even a goddamn uh, fucking Aquafina. They're they're getting us. They're getting us. Listen, uh, <laughs> gas might be fucking maintaining, but everything else is not. All right, Jess, I'm looking at last week's UFC. There is no UFC this week, although we looked at the next, the following week's card, and Jess and I are already thinking it's looking pretty mama mid. We'll touch it. <laughs> Cross that bridge when we'll get there. Uh, any thoughts on Johnny Walker versus Paul Craig? Walker gets out of here with a KOTKO, Jess. Uh, it's in the first round. Uh, I thought Craig ha- would might be a little bit of a live dog, but Johnny Walker did his thing. Any thoughts on this fight, or we're gonna keep it moving? Uh, it was a good. It was a good fight for Johnny Walker to win. It's a credible fight. It's it's something yes. to, to 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 post going into this new year, saying, "Hey, I I beat up uh, you know Paul Craig. Paul Craig is not a slouch. He's a tough tough guy." Uh, I don't know what he was thinking by just holding on to his leg and getting popped in the side of the face with a yeah. hammer fist for like it's two like, minutes. That's but that was not the game plan that's I would have chose. Shit. But it was a huge win for Johnny Walker, and he's had some huge losses in the last two years. So this is a big win for him going into 23. Walker's in a unique spot because it's the losses and the injuries that he's been coming back from. So for him to get injured doing the worm post-celebration – to do it again, but it felt like he did more of a conservative one. <laughs> uh, I, I was proud of the kid. We'll talk a little bit more about the 205 division when we get up to the championship fight. Uh, Jessica Andran, Lauren Murphy, uh, Jess, you and I both predicted pain in this fight. We were not wrong. No. Lauren Murphy took a little bit of a beating on the internet because, you know, it, when you get beat up, you kind of look bad, you know, face-wise. You can look bad sitting on the stool. The body language could be bad. And I think there's a lot of empathy for her just being a woman. And you get a lot of the tweets. You get a lot of the social media that says, hey, man, stop this fight. I don't feel comfortable watching this one-sided fight. I'm not, I don't feel comfortable watching this woman get beat up. I don't feel comfortable with this level of violence. Uh, Lauren Murphy came right the fuck back out and threw a post or two up and said, Hey, listen, first of all, worry about your damn self. Don't be worrying about me. Second of all, I could have quit if I wanted to. My corner knew what I was doing. I'm good. Thanks for asking. And how about this guy who's a male whose fight should have been stopped? And she started with Glover and then just rattled off like four fights. We're even on this show, Jess. We were like, those are questionable. They could have stopped those fights. (laughs) Did you see the post? Do you have any thoughts on this fight? Uh, Laura Murphy's a tough, she's a tough lady, man. She's a tough cookie. she is a tough cookie. She she took some pain. I uh, I believe that you and I both kind of talked that Jessica Andraj is just she's a big bruising chick, man, and she throws heavy leather. 
Like any fight that she's in is gonna, someone's getting pieced up somewhere. She's either going out on her shield or someone's <laughs> going out on on I, I theirs. Didn't notice, Jess. I I believe she went up in weight. Andraj, I believe she went up, and I did not know this. She until, looked big. She looked yeah, huge. Yeah, I did not know this until the night the, the night of. Um, it's very rare you see chicks go up and, and keep their power, but uh, she's a, she's an exception. So as far as the fight, I, I want to leave the fight alone because the fight speaks volumes, right? We don't yep. need to go into that. What I, wanted, what, what I want to say is this. There is a societal thing where in the past, I mean, I don't know about now so much with everything going on and like the equal stuff and let's, you know, look out for the little guy or whatever. Doing his but there was, a point, there was a point in time when – you know, even the military said we don't really want women like fighting because if a man sees a woman go down in combat, he's going to give up his spot to go save her because it's like inside of you. It's like a, it's internal thing to go protect women. Right. And so, so let's get past that and just say that I think that that's where we are, where we are with uh, this fight when we see a woman getting beat up, regardless of if it's, if it's by a dude or, or another woman. If it looks bad, our instincts are like, ah, stop it. I got to get in there and stop it. I got to help her. And I think that that's where a lot of that was coming from. I think a lot of those posts and comments were coming from good places. But if you are uh, a listener of this show, we talk about prize fighters. Women are prize fighters as well, folks. They're out there for that bag. If it's not the bag, then it's a title. If it's not a title, they're in for the bag. And these two were in it for the bag. And they're going to fight till the death to get that bag. Lauren Murphy is a fighter yep. above all else when she's in that cage. Outside the cage, she's a woman. She's a mom. She's a, a you know, whatever. She's a, a partner. She's everything else. Inside that cage, she's a prize fighter. Nothing else. That's how it's yep. got to be looked at in sports. We cannot separate the two when they're inside their cage, when they're on a field, when they're on a court. We cannot separate that. That's the important part to take. So, yes, Lauren Murphy is correct. She says, mind your own business. Me and my corner had it. We had it secured. I knew I was losing, but I didn't want to quit. That's her prerogative. That's her corner's uh, uh, prerogative to take care of their fighter. They felt that she was not in, in any uh, huge trouble, like deathly type trouble. They knew that she was getting beat up, but they wanted to let her go out on her shield. I say I'm fucking proud that she she stood in there and took the beating like she did. Yeah, just to walk away and be able to tell some people, hey, mind your own business. Yep. Uh, let's keep it moving. Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. I'm torn, Jess. I do not remember. I think you liked Magny, but may not have picked him. Uh, did you pick Magny? No, I, I, I picked Burns. Yeah, uh, okay, I, thought it was gonna be, I thought it was going to be a knockout. I felt like uh, Magny yep, was going to try to wrestle him. Uh, uh, I couldn't but, remember. The fight itself was um, vintage Gilbert Burns, not so much that Burns we saw like where he was fighting super like soft and like trying to win points instead of trying to win fights. He went in there. He wanted to win this fight. Um, he's not the same Gilbert. Like he's not that same youthful, like 20 year old, like just raw dog guy. You know, he's 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 grown. He's matured. He's gotten older. I I don't want to say that he's lost anything, but he he the way he fights is a, is uh, a lot smarter than when he was young, and that's what we saw. We saw a very smart game plan. He took it to Magny in the way that he uh, he and his corner and team uh, deduced that Magny would be weak in. They went in there, they got the job done. He gets the submission win. Magny again is a tough tough guy, tough ass guy. I don't want to take anything away from him. He's going to get more fights in the future. Gilbert Burns, however, what do you do with him? Where does he go from here? Yeah, 
That's a great question. Um, and to follow up on what you're saying, I, I, my conspiracy theory on this fight was Gilbert Burns thought, I, as great as Magni is as a wrestler, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, and I will be able to outgrapple him. So I'm not going to fuck around and stink around for 10, 15 minutes and, and trade and possibly get hurt. I'm just going to take him down, grapple him, and try and choke him out. Uh, and he was able to do so. Um, again, what do you do with Burns is the thing, right? Because uh, clearly that was a... Uh, as we like to say on the show, high-risk, low-reward fight. You know, he loses that fight. He gets knocked down many, several pegs. He wins that fight. We just kind of go, damn, maybe this is a placeholder fight because what do we do next? I, I saw guys already talking shit because it feels like the pecking order in that division right now is, is slim to none. Uh, and I saw, he was calling somebody out, the guy that had scheduled to fight that guy. I think he was calling out Colby. The guy that was scheduled to fight Colby was like, nah, fuck that. I'm fighting Colby. Call out fucking somebody else, you prick. It's getting messy. Um, there's clearly got to be some more fights in that division to shake it up. And also, as we talk about all the time on the show, Jess, you just got to find some more talent in that division to uprise, if you will. So we'll see what happens there. Jess, you and I discussed this fight. We love this fight. We want to see it. We wanted to see it 10 more times. I don't believe we will ever see it again unless <laughs> Moreno moves up, which, I mean, fuck, I'm not against it. Uh, our boy Figgy, he took a, a stoppage here in the uh, end of the third round, going to the fourth. Moreno, in my opinion, I don't want to say was putting on a clinic, but he was winning the rounds. Uh, I thought I'd I think he was 10-9 every round in the stand-up. As we discussed, I thought it looked good. He's able to just do different, unique shit that you can't really train for, and Figgy just had issues with it. Uh, give me some initial thoughts on this fight, Jess. Give me some outside-of-the-box thoughts on this one. <laughs> uh, Moreno looked a lot better than... I think that this is the best Moreno I've seen fight at all. Like, That's fair. He, That's looked, fair. he looked really, really sharp, really crisp. Like you, you pointed out in the last show, uh, he's going to throw some stuff that, like, you know, is just super awkward and off the wall because that's just how he fights. That's his personality. It's his style. And and Figueredo needs to find out, like, where he can attack those spots uh, like he's done in the past. I mean, he obviously has uh, wins against Moreno. Uh, but in this fight, he just couldn't – he couldn't find those spots. And then, of course, the game changer is the eye, the eye poke. Uh, the eye poke is what – it was the game changer. And that's why I think – and and people are going to disagree because we've seen this fight four times. Let's run it for a fucking fifth time. Yes. There's no way that we can end this fight the way that it did. You can't. If I well, if geez. I if I'm Moreno, I'm sitting there going, I won all the rounds up until that eye poke, and then the doc so, the doctors cancel it. So I was winning. I would have won so Jeff, legitimately. This is good. This is good. So, in my opinion, I don't know if that is an eye poke as much as it is a weird punch where your knuckle kind of scrapes the eyeball because you're throwing it kind of like a, like a hook so it, it, it uh, to me it wasn't an eye poke as opposed to the several different ways we've seen awkward eye pokes mistake eye pokes intentional eye pokes this to me just kind of seemed like uh, within the fluidity of the fight not just an eye poke where you go oh fuck you gotta stop the fight uh, you know, you got you got to take a time out here, but I I can see your point as well as Figueroa's where you go, nah, fuck that. That that felt to me more like he wasn't throwing that punch at 100. percent Maybe he pulled back a little bit, 
and by pulling back a little bit, that's where the the you know the punch becomes more like a poke. I don't know. That's a tough one, Jess. And and besides, look in that division. These two are legitimately the best of that division. I agree. You can bring up a third guy or a fourth guy and have them fight. I think Moreno or Figueredo beats all of the rest of the competition underneath them. Anybody else in the top 10, any, any of those eight guys beneath them, they beat. So just take the shot, sign the damn contract. You know that people are still going to want to watch this fight because both these guys are tremendous athletes. They both have uh, certain styles that, like, you know, kind of pull towards one side of the fandom to the other, you know, and it's just styles make fights. And sometimes when styles make fights, it just turns into a really great fight between two really great athletes. And that's what we see at each fight with Moreno and Figueredo. So I say, fuck it, sign the fifth contract and let's do it again in like three months. Uh, do we? So here's the question, like you said, Jess. Who do you throw at Moreno now? Do you throw Kaikara France? Do you throw Raw Dog Roy Val? Do you throw someone like Alex Perez? There's names out there, but and agreeing with you here, ultimately Figgy is the guy. And Figgy probably beats all those guys that I just named. So I don't know. I agree with you. I, I don't know. Hey, listen, we said it last week a dozen times. You want to see this fight 10 times for a reason because it's the best fight you can make. So why are we fucking around and doing other shit? But if Figgy's having issues making weight, if Figgy's like, fuck it, I don't, I, I, flyweight's just too difficult. If he's like, fuck it, I'm over this fight. There's, there's, there's better shit for me at, at, an, at another division. Then so be it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to listen. As always, Jess Price fighting. If he thinks there's a bigger bag up there, then go get it. Um, Jess, Glover versus Jamal. We both, once again, booked Glover in a storybook ending, and once again, it did not happen. <laughs> Th this fight was interesting to me. Um, I've got hill takes, but I want to get your, you know, give me some takes on this fight. What would you think? I So, I hear a lot of people on the internet talking about how Jamal Hill uh, just looked incredible in this fight. And I think comparatively to past fights, he looked a lot better than in past fights. Mm -hmm. But I think that, the, that a lot of the reason for this is just how they game planned Glover. And I also feel like Glover didn't necessarily go into this fight like level-headed. I feel like he kind of felt that the retirement thing was going to happen one way or the other. Um, win or lose, you know, kind of stuff. Like, yes, of course you want to go out on top like so many other people his age don't get the opportunity to do. But I just don't feel like his head was in the game, and he wasn't he wasn't in attack mode when he should have been in attack mode. And Hill took advantage of the entire fight. He peppered him up for you know, and and uh, ended up getting the uh, the finish. And as far as Glover is concerned, I, I think I mean retiring is the right thing to do. There's nothing left for this man to do. He's fought all over the world. He's fought the best of the best. He's been light heavyweight champion a couple times now. He's done everything that you want to do in this sport. And because of his presence being, you know, in the Brazilian community, he can be kind of like that crossover, like a Nagara and like Shogun will probably end up being. And, and so many others kind of like <coughs> building UFC gyms over there and running that kind of stuff or, or starting his own team and kind of bringing in fresh talent and teaching up and coming guys, you know, the ropes of MMA. There's so many things that Glover gets to do now, including just live a normal life or as normal as he wants. 
And I think that that's huge. He gets to walk out fully healthy. He's not broke. He's not, you know, there's nothing wrong they with the guy. He'll heal up. His face will heal up and he'll be a hundred percent in like a, a few weeks. And this guy will get to move on and live the rest of his life comfortably. And uh, that part makes me feel really good for the way that Glover ended his career. It's got a, a bit of a feel-good story on the backside, if you will. In between the fourth and fifth round, I tweeted, I don't know, it might be time to start to stop this fight because Glover looks like absolute shit. His face was falling apart. His He was... Uh, it's it's. I don't know if it's just old scar tissue that's falling apart because he's just an older cat that, that you know, the Diaz thing, if you will. You know, your face just kind of becomes a mess. The, the Mickey Ward thing, if you will. But he he just looked really, really bad. And Hill was teeing off with fucking high kicks. He was throwing switch high kicks. He was just fucking really... It, it felt to me like there were three or four different times in those third and fourth rounds, maybe even the second, where Hill would throw a high kick and it would just land flush and Glover would wobble like a motherfucker. And... Hill just couldn't finish him. Hill just couldn't find the the one last like up. Oh, that's it. You got to stop it. But we were getting close. You know, we we kept getting close. I'm a fan of Hill now. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not sure if it was the Styles make fights thing or if Glover was like, "Fuck it, my last fight. So let me go out on my shield and let me go. Let's bang, bro." Maybe again, like you thought, you, like you said, just maybe he thought that was the best plan. Maybe. Uh, Hill's a little bit better on the ground than we anticipated, and that's why he was able to get out of some uh, unique situations where he, you know, he was he was in bad spots. Um, I I think you know I I'm torn here because you know we love Glover and you hate to see him go out like this, but again, combat sports and father time, it is what it is. He's never lost. Uh, um, but I, I think Hill probably made some fans that night, fight fans. You know, if, if, if you're watching that fight and I know that he's tweeted some stuff, we may or may have not had supported Dana, not to get too far into the weeds that into that. Right. But if you're just watching the fights and you never really saw Jamal Hill fight and you're watching that fight, you might've became a fan. You might've went, this guy's exciting. This guy's good. This guy's. Uh, fucking going balls out. This guy's bleeding all over the place and, and <laughs> still throwing cool high kicks. Um, so for me, I I would not be surprised if Hill made a ton of fans that night. Made me one. I I was really I I don't know. I just I it's not that I was anti Hill as much as I was just pro Glover and was also in the back of my mind the thought process was he ain't ready. I don't think he's ready. But I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong. Now. I do want to say this, maybe I'm wrong, or maybe we're in a unique time right now where 205 just isn't great, isn't as elite as it's been in the past. And I don't mean marquee names as much as I just mean scale talent level. If And I'm, I'm sure you're picking up what I'm talking about. No, that makes, down that makes perfect desk. sense. You know, with Bones leaving and going up to heavyweight now, I'm not sure... And Yuri being hurt, and then you know he's he's in, he's out. 
it's difficult for me to say like, oh, this, this is the next Usman. This is the next guy. You know what I'm saying? It, it's fuck. It feels impossible to me right now. Now maybe it is Hill. Time will tell, right? It'll be interesting to see what they do with him, who they have him fight next. I think he is fighting Geary, right? Or, or maybe a Jan fights in there. Who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm down for it all. I'm down for it all. Um, I don't want to. I don't want this division to go stagnant, right? Because we grew up here, Jess, where 205 was always a premier division, and I'd, I'd like to see it get back to where it was the fight fan in me would like to see it get back to where it was but but time will tell you know don't let this division go stale here dana don't spend a ton of time investing in that power slab league that fucking nobody is watching jump on the 205ers here and let's fucking keep it moving well it's true because i feel like what he's trying to do is like he's trying to get everybody uh excited about the heavyweight division that's why you know he's 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 really putting a lot of everything into one hat with the John Jones stuff. I mean, John Jones could go off the rails again in like two months and then the fight be off. You know what I mean? And then we're back to having, you know, who the fuck are going to, who's going to fight in the heavyweight division for the title. You know what I mean? Uh, the light heavyweight division needs not, not star power necessarily like what you were talking about. Like we're used to the Machitas and, you know, the forests and, and yeah, all not those names guys. Per se. We're, not we're, names we don't need names. We need guys who come in and perform at a high level. Uh, almost like George St. Pierre, when he was first coming up, people didn't really know George St. Pierre, but the level of, of skill was so high. It was hard to deny his greatness. And that's what I'm looking for in the light heavyweight division. I'm looking for a guy to come up, he doesn't have to be a name. He can be from whatever country. I don't care. But I want to see a guy come up and just that skill set be be so undeniably good that you sit there and go, damn, that guy is a fucking monster. Like, that's what I want to see. And then the name comes after. But the light heavyweight division, I mean, if you look at Jamal Hill, you look at the guys he's beat, the guys he's lost to, you're like, well, I don't get it, man. Like, he's I'm in a still, weird I'm spot. Still, I'm he's still not, I'm not spot. all in on Hill. I don't hate him. I don't, I'm not saying that he's, you know, he is not deserving. He, he went in, he did his job. He won the fight. He's the lightweight champion. Okay. Congratulations. Right. That's, that's what I got to say first. But yes. secondly is the, this belt is from what I'm looking at could change hands 10 different times this yep. year. I want to throw three names at you. I'm assuming you're already looking at the list, but I'm going to throw three names at you. And it's basically the top three ranked guys. Do you think he beats Jan? No. I don't either. Do you think he beats Ankalev? <sighs> that's the closest that's the closest fight I can think in that in those the the guys you're about to name. I think I that's a, that that's a split, man. I feel like he's got a chance. He's got knockout he's got, power. He, yeah, he's, I, I he's, think he's got knockout power. And so he's so he's he's a live dog in any of these he's, a, he's a live dog in the in the But, in, but in the Ankalev Anka, brings his fight into a fucking phone booth. He takes him down and I I think he's a different animal than fucking than what Glover is. Uh, Yuri, him and I mean him and Yuri is clearly the next fight they got to make. You think he beats Yuri? No, Yuri beats him. That's got to be a Styles make fights, and again, Yuri, it, it's just got to be one of those weird two hundred five like damn yeah. Um, what what he makes up for in scale, he or what he lacks in scale, he makes up for in power. It's got to be one of those things with Yamal with, with Hill. If he beats Jan, if he beats Ankalev, or if he beats Yuri. That's my opinion. Yeah. But again, right, but again, does he have that one skill set 
You know that one yeah, skill set that puts him above. I, he, I don't. Power. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a believer in his knockout power. Otherwise, hey, otherwise he would have put Glover out. He hit Glover. Fair. He hit Glover with that's everything. Fair. He Glover's hit Glover got with everything like a and the kitchen guy. sink. And yeah, damage was done. You see it. You said it yourself. His face falling apart. He looked like his face looked like a bowl of mashed potatoes. But he did not go out. He didn't even come close to being out. He kept fighting. He kept moving forward. If you got the knockout power, you're going to put a dude out. It doesn't matter who the guy is standing across the cage from you. You get a guy that worn down, you land that flush kick, you land that flush you That's know, fair. left hook, guy's going down. He did not. Reason, I don't, I'm not a believer in his power. It, it's, it's also the combination of we've seen Jan knocked out cold at 205. And we've seen Yuri versus Glover rocked and on Queer Street. Which is, again, another thing I just want to, I just, I, this is just the old man on the porch guy. But I'm just saying, I've seen Glover fight these guys like the Yuri's and put them out. I've seen him fight guys who are twice, twice the skill set or twice as tough as Hill and just smash these guys. Going into this fight, year uh, uh Glover did not look good. He just didn't he didn't look sure of of anything at the time. It didn't even feel like he wanted to really be there. The no, glove the after the fight was over, he was like fuck this through the he didn't even like, you know, do the whole like kneel down, lay the gloves all nice. He just got to toss him on the on the mat. That like, fucking I'm done. That that was I feel like that's a mindset thing. I'm I don't want to take again People are going to listen. They're going to be like, well, damn, Jesse, you're really hitting hard on, on Hill's skill set and everything. I'm, I'm trying not to. I'm just saying. Yeah. When a guy comes into a fight, fair. he's I think not it's a there. fair assessment. Thank you. Thank you. I think, if, I think we can use the old trending up versus trending down. And I think if Glover is 40-whatever and trending 43 down, years old. And, and, and been fighting forever. And Hill is truly trending up. And what is he, 23 or some shit? He's a young dude. He's a young man. He's a young cat. It, it's it's young man in his prime. I don't. I, this is why, to me, again, I became a fan of Hill, and I because he surprised me with how good he was and how he was able to get out of the the grappling mixes and how he was able to uh, manipulate going from southpaw to or- orthodox, throw kicks in doing so, and fucking really rock over that the shit was impressive to me and and the thing is too is we've seen it in the past where you know maybe a guy doesn't belong to be in a fight but he wins that fight and maybe that's the 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 springboard into the next level of his career and this fight could be that for for hill this could be the springboard fight he's the champion now now what's he going to yep. do with that title? How's he going to train? How's he going to, you know, who who's his opponent going to be? How's if he, he going to prepare? If he if he knocks out Yuri, are you sold? Would you would you say all right, maybe this guy's a real deal? Oh, for sure. If if he can if okay. he can if he can get a finish on Yuri, I'm sold. All right. I think that's fair. All right, so the the jury is still out on young Jamal Hill with Jesse. I am uh, I am buying the stock. I'm a, I like him. I'm a fan now. All right, Jess, let's hit some NFL here. I've got spreads up. I've got DraftKings. I've got Caesars. I've got FanDuel. I believe we have three real gambling uh, scenarios here left. I think we've won people more money than we've lost. Uh, If you've bet this year, if you've taken some of our live dogs, uh, please do not hold the flashlight to that. But uh, I believe we have. Jess, we're going to start with the first game, and I don't mind discussing a little bit of Cowboys football here. San Francisco 49ers, they are an underdog. They are going on the road 
and it is a two and a half point spread here. The Eagles are facing Jess. I'm I'm dying to get your take on this game. Who you got? Um, so I've I've not got to watch a lot of San Francisco 49ers games, obviously. Like being out here, like where I am, like, you know, we don't get a lot of those games. But uh I've watched the playoff games. And I have a strange belief in Brock Purdy. I uh, I don't know what it is. This kid doesn't make a lot of bad choices on the field. That's his it, decision, his that's decision it, making is real clean. Uh, the, the He's blessed with a very good offensive line and a dominant defense to back up his offense. And uh, I, I, I have this strange belief that Brock Purdy can take this team to the Super Bowl. And the Eagles, if you're, we're talking trending up, trending down. I don't want to, I don't want to take nothing away from their win against the Giants. But come on, man, we've we've given the Giants shit. We we basically shit on them since week one. Yeah, and they they they, 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 they managed to to creep into the playoffs, and they get beat down by the Philadelphia Eagles, which should have happened in the first place. If you're a that dominant of a team, and you have a team that's not so dominant, you beat them. The Eagles simply did what they were supposed to do. They went in there and they beat the Giants. I think. The San Francisco 49ers defense is a different beast. Yes, the Eagles have a good defense, and yes, their offense is good, but Jalen Hurts likes to run around and scramble and look for guys, you know, on scramble plays. I don't think that he can do that with the San Francisco 49ers, very athletic linebackers and secondary. And that front four is going to push and push and push. Bosa didn't even have... I don't even think Bosa got a sack in that game against against the Cowboys. Yeah, he got a shit and, ton of pressure though. Shit and he's pressure. gonna. He, I think that Bosa and that defensive line are gonna feast on Hurts. And so my my the way I'm thinking right now is that I'm all in on San Francisco. I'm San Francisco wins. They cover the points. And they head to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I you know as uh, the great Bobby Fish said, "Where is the lie?" I think I agree with everything you said. I. Um, I think the Purdy thing is interesting. I, I, once again, I'm sipping the Kool Aid. I'm not, I'm not taking big drinks. Got a very small glass. It's like one of those four ounce glass, you know, pixie cups, Dixie cups, whatever they're called. Um, and I, I, I agree with. I want to say the kid has an above average IQ. I don't want to say high IQ yet. But he just does not make mistakes. The two mistakes that he did make last week were dropped interceptions that the Cowboys probably could have really, you know, that, that would have probably shifted the game, at least one of them. Um, those Maybe those intercept, interceptions are not dropped against Philly. Maybe he makes those mistakes and Philly capitalizes. Maybe not. Uh, we will see. But I've been saying it for weeks, Jess. They run those exotic plays. They run those trick plays. They run a lot of motion, and they want to find those one-on-ones to where when Purdy gets to the line, before he snaps the ball, he could look around and, and realize, here's the here's my favorable matchup. McCaffrey's going to be set on this linebacker. He's going to be slower than, so he's going to wiggle out, and I could throw him here. Or Ayuk's gonna cross pattern here. He's gonna get stuck with this linebacker. He's gonna get open. I can. I just. It's. It's just. You know. Uh, make sure the ball's in the right place at the right time. Um, he doesn't make a ton of 
uh, on the dime, Dilford dimes, if you will, throws, but he can't, but he makes enough. And it reminds me a bit of Garoppolo, where it's just like, eh, he made a great throw there. We, a lot of focus in that Cowboys game should have been on that uh, that Kittle catch, where Kittle makes a circus catch. Part of the reason he has to make a circus catch is because the ball's not right where it needs to be. And he's got to do a little bit of some circus shit to bring it down. Um, but you're right. Their defense is locked in right now. And when your front seven is that good, sometimes your your defensive backs can can be a little bit fraudulent. They can be – they're less exposed, if you will. And their front they, – they get a ton of pressure with their front four without blitzing, and then when they do blitz, yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta make a decision. Now, is Hurts going to be able to do that delayed snap the ball on a shotgun? And now I'm basically running a draw, you know, a delayed draw, if you will, once the C opens up and pick up threes and fives and sevens. Yeah, he will. But they're also going to have guys like Warner and, and the you know the safety who we've discussed multiple times on this show. Uvatu, I can't say his name right now because I forgot it. But these guys are all playmakers, and and I think that the the trick is to here. I think that twenty to twenty five point score is going to yeah. be where it is. I I think you know. I mean, listen, whoever scores more points usually wins, but. San Francisco has to keep them under 24. They've got to keep this like they scored 17, they scored 20, and the Niners got to find a way to put up 27. Hook or crook, whether it's defense, whether it's special teams, whether just like they did against the Cowboys, they just take a bunch of field goals and and get two touchdowns here, which I believe they will. The Eagles' defense is not as good as Dallas's defense. Let's not fool ourselves here. They don't have the same playmakers. They don't have the same front seven. And they don't have a Diggs. They have an incredible defensive back, don't get me wrong, but they don't have a Diggs. Um, I, I, I think San Francisco, I don't want to say will expose them, but they're going to give them some issues. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be a little bit more easier for these exotic plays to be able to break and get big chunks of yards or, or you know, huge scores. So I like San Francisco. I like something like 27, 20, 24, 20. Uh, if Philly scores 28, 30, 35 points, I think the Niners are going to be in trouble. No, a hundred percent agree. I think that the, the Niners right now, um, they're based solely on keeping their opponent within that 25 points and under range. I, th- I think that you can't let this become a shootout. Um, becoming a shootout means it opens up the defense to some more blitzing, some more exotic uh, defensive packages that maybe Purdy's not seen yet. And maybe, uh, you know, that will be the decision-making that goes bad for him when he's got a safety blitz coming up from the outside when he doesn't see it. Um, you, you don't want to go score for score with the Philadelphia Eagles. What you want to do is stuff them. They've been beat before the same exact way. You just, you just hold their, their run game down. Their run game opens up the passing game, which, you know, they've, they've run very well this year. Um, but I just think that the San Francisco 49ers are built for that, that trench, you know, battle, that trench warfare, uh, though that front four are all big and fairly athletic 
for their size. They get after the quarterback. Uh, Bosa is a, is an absolute beast. He's a guy. He's like a young JJ Watt. You just can't. You got to have two guys on him. And even then, you're that's not you know saying you're going to stop yeah, him from I, at least getting pressure. I, I think I think it's fair. I was I was talking to a football coach this week, and I think it's fair. I asked him. I, I said, "Do you think it's fair to say Bosa can be best player on the field any given Sunday?" He said, "Yes." And then on top of Bosa, I actually think that for the 49ers defense, Fred Warner is the best defensive player yes. on the field. So you it, have a guy like Bosa who so can possibly be the best player. And then you got another guy who's actually, I think, better than him, especially in terms of IQ. Fred Warner's defensive football IQ is off the charts. That man can read a play from 25 miles away. I don't know how he does it. He's just brilliant on the field. He doesn't miss tackles. He's Great got speed. good speed. He doesn't miss tackles. He his angles are are phenomenal. And and when you send him on a blitz, he's a big enough, strong enough, fast enough guy that he can go in and blitz the quarterback as well. He doesn't have to just hang out and play that middle linebacker safety, read the run, and 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 play that play the spots. He can come in and blitz too. The guy is an extremely talented football player. They got a bunch of young secondary guys, and you you hit it earlier. You said the front seven are so good that the back secondary don't have to be as talented and can play like they are simply because the front seven are getting so much pressure. They make the offense make mistakes. And then the secondary get a feast off the mistakes. This is the 49ers are an absolute complete football team. And then when you look from the offensive side of the ball, Christian McCaffrey's healthy. Uh, he's running the ball. Well, he's catching the ball like he does. He's Christian McCaffrey every year in and out, as long as he's healthy. Uh, you got Ayuk, you got Debo, you got all these guys out there just playing. George Kittle is phenomenal tight end. And then, uh, I like I said, I have a belief in Purdy, but a lot of that belief comes from the fact that he's not playing quarterback for the New York Giants, right? I, quarterback for the Giants, or if he's playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, or if he's playing quarterback for any other team, he's or, in the, you know, basically, he, he's probably not even playing football at this point in time. He's thrown 13, 14 interceptions in six games, and he's already been seated. He's playing for a team that's well-organized from all the way from coaching down to the field, and Shanahan gets these guys prepared. He His playbook is tough to read and understand, but once you do, it's so fluid on the field, and it yes. gives Purdy every opportunity to just be safe and pick up a lot of yards at the same time. I'm glad you brought up the Giants because – I don't want to let your boy DeBall off the hook. And we talked a lot all season about how smart he was and how great he was and how much the Bills were missing him. Fuck guy made some bad decisions in that first quarter in those first few drives against Philadelphia. And that was the absolute difference. You want to talk about not going for it early in games? This is a guy who went for it early in a game and it absolutely bit him in the ass. And it went from 7 nothing to 14 nothing just like that. Thanks for playing that fucking game was over within four or five oh, minutes. Yeah. And that insane. falls on the ball for going, I'm going to whip my dick out here and not play uh, field control, punt, and, and do that type of thing. When you know that's how NFC East games go, you got to play field position football, especially that early in a game. But you're going to trust Danny Dimes to make throws. And again, I know he made enough throws to get himself paid. <laughs> Them same Giants fans that were happy because he was going to get paid and get franchise tagged, I wonder how they're feeling now from the outside looking in, just like us Cowboys and Bills fans, going, damn, we're going to stick with this guy for the next two or three years? I don't know. I don't know. Again, just I'm not going to come off of what I've been saying and what you've been saying, which is, one, the ball 
maximizes his talent, right? He really yes. does maximize his talent with Jones. And I'm not going to come off of what I said and I've been saying all year, which is Daniel Jones is an incredible football player. He's a fucking fantastic football player that does not equate to a great quarterback. That does not equate to a starting quarterback in the league that is going to give you a chance to win it all, to win a fucking Super Bowl. He's literally, he's literally a poor man's Eli Manning. Like he, he's got some scrambling. I wouldn't even say that. He's got some scrambling. I wouldn't even say that. I, I, you know what? I'll be, I'm going to shock you and probably every other listener right now. I would take Danny Dimes over Kirk Cousins. That's tricky. The reason being is that we know, we know what Kirk can do. He's a pocket guy. He's, if he's got the talent on the outside, he can deliver the passes. Danny Dimes, when he gets in trouble, he's got he's got crazy weird, you know, athletic ability to scramble out. I mean, he averaged something like sixty yards a game just scrambling around. The guy, if he's in the right position against the right defense, he can look great. But put into the position where you got to play a, a, an elite defense, like the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles are, they're they're elite. They're not as good as the I Niners or the Cowboys defense, yeah, but. They're elite. They get after the quarterback. And then what happens next is what we talk about. Who's got the better quarterback? Danny Dimes, uh, he uses that athletic ability, what he's got, but he's not, he doesn't have a high enough IQ on the field to get himself out of bad situations. Uh, quick Cowboys corner, and we'll keep it moving here. Yeah, let's do, let's do some Cowboys stuff. Um, so on a scale of one to 10, can I tell you how much it irritates me when people start talking about old trade Dak? Can, can I give you my number? Please do. It's fucking 27,000. Why, why, why do people talk about trading Dak? It's the dumbest fuck. It's just like the car thing. Who the fuck's walking in that door? Who is, are we going to get Mahomes in any of these trades? I heard someone say, why don't you hey here's a great idea trade Dak for Aaron Rodgers why 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 Aaron Rodgers is at the tail end of his career he's got two fucking years left and I don't know if he even fucking wants to play football we you and I had this conversation two weeks ago I don't even know if he wants to fucking play football period anymore uh Dak I feel like isn't done yet I don't know I feel like Jess I watched fucking John Elway for 10 12 years win a lot of regular season games and it was he couldn't win the fucking big one. He's missed a regular season. And then he went back to back. I feel like I saw fucking Peyton Manning for fucking, I can't tell you how many years, 12, 13 years, be told, yeah, Mr. Regular Season. Fucking a lot of MVPs during the regular season. Fuck, gets beat by Patriots every year. And then he won on, he won fucking two championships. You mean to tell me that that, that can't happen with Dak? What, who the fuck is walking in that door replacing Dak? Talking heads. I get it. It's easy to talk about the Cowboys. It's easy to talk about the Cowboys offseason. It is low-hanging fruit, and we're running out of football topics because there's not fucking 32 teams to talk about anymore. However, ain't nobody fucking training Dak. You're better off doing McCarthy getting fucking fired takes than you are Dak getting traded takes. And with that said, Jess, Dak's the reason we lost that, that game. You ask me, my number one opinion, he threw two fucking costly picks and that was it that's the difference you throw two interceptions in a fucking divisional playoff game and the other team turns the ball over once on a special team play that's it that's the fucking difference i know they'd be nice for them to score touchdowns this and that 
Nah, dude, he turned the ball over fucking twice, and that's it. That's the difference. So in in that Cowboys game, I saw two teams that were very equally matched, offensively, defensively. It was a battle. Again, like I said before, battle of the trenches. It was just, you know, who was going to get to the quarterback first. Uh, what I saw was uh, what you mentioned earlier. Brock Purdy threw two should have been interceptions. Dak in threw two that were picked that off. Were dropped. So, again, we're, we're scratching. We're, we're really scratching the line of, like, you know, reality here. But the, the truth is. Purdy's picks were not picked off. The San Francisco 49ers were able to continue those drives. Dak threw two that were picked off. Those drives ended. And not that's, only that, that's, 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 that's the difference. Of them was, it's like a plus minus because one of those drops was in or around the red zone on an interception. And I believe they got a field goal or a touchdown out of that. So that that's a that's a yeah. plus minus right there. So you the other one is Dallas turns the ball over. In their own red zone, I believe. It was right around – it was inside the red zone and right around the 20 when Dak threw that stupid interception on a drive that they were finally putting together while they were down. Bad fucking play. That right there is an enormous swing, Jess. That's a swing of fucking points. Even if their field goal kicker can't make a fucking uh, a field goal to save their life, you still got to stick them out there and give them a fucking chance to see – if you can get that three-point swing, whether that's a three-point swing, seven-point swing, either way, that's the ball. Momentum. That's you the just ball. Said, you said it earlier. Momentum in the, the game of in the game of the NFL, especially in a playoff game. Momentum is momentum is what can win you games. And you're on the road. You throw that interception. The fucking building goes berserk. You, uh, uh, Cincinnati, who we'll talk about here next, walks into Buffalo. And they punch Buffalo in the mouth, and that stadium, you can hear a fucking pin drum. That's just that's momentum. That's momentum. how momentum works. There's no way around it. That the that's my Cowboys corner, Jess. I don't got it. But I, 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 I do I want to hit, I, I wanna let's hit on one, one thing. More thing. One more thing. One more, one more thing. I hope that they either draft an offensive tackle or a wide receiver with their first round pick. Everything else, just build, just build that line. You gotta build that line. And I understand sometimes fourth and fifth round fucking picks. Uh, aren't going to work out. You got to build on that line. That line is old. It's got holes. It's been injured all fucking year. We had one of those, the right, the right tackles playing left guard scenarios. You can't be fucking doing that. You got to draft. You got to draft. So my take on the, the Dallas Cowboys is this for all, if for anybody saying trade Dak or whatever, you're a hundred, you're a thousand, a million percent, right? Unless Patrick Mahomes is involved in this trade for Dak? Like, who are you really trying to bring in? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, Dak Prescott is in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. I'm not saying he's elite. I'm not saying he's, like, top three. But he's in that upper echelon of quarterbacks. You don't trade out of the upper echelon quarterbacks unless you're getting another upper echelon type of player. Which is or multiple first-round draft picks. Which, in which but, case, but in the draft then, this year, there's no that. one to draft. Yeah, you're not doing that. It's just, again, it's it's nearly impossible. You're Dak not... Prescott, from what I've seen, I, I actually, another reason, I, I just figured it out after I watched that Cowboys-Niners game. One reason why I like Dak is the same reason why I like Josh Allen. You live by his magical moments. You die by his shitty games. Yeah. That's it. That, yeah, that's you, but you just deal with it because those magical moments are going to win you 10, 11, 12, 13 games a season, get you into a, a playoff spot. Whereas you have other quarterbacks who never have those magical moments, and they're the teams that win five, six, seven games a year. So you have a Dak who will put on displays of greatness 
for most of the year, and then you got to just deal with those games where he throws a couple picks, and then the game goes the other way. Same as Josh Allen. I'm interested in seeing what they do at the running back position as well. And I swear now we're doing Bill's takes, but I trade Zeke I don't know. to Pollard. I love Pollard. Oh, I, I fucking I, love Pollard. I heard, I'll trade I heard you Zeke's, for Pollard. I heard Zeke's already fucking uh, willing to take a pay cut, which tells me a ton. And I, I don't know how much of a pay cut he's willing to take, but I heard he's willing to take pay cut. And uh, yeah, Pollard's going to be in an interesting scenario because he'll probably get mid tier or high tier. Uh, signing bonus type of money from a, a different team or even, let's say, a team in the division like the fucking Washington football team. I can see that completely happening. I don't know. I do hope they keep Pollard, but he is also coming off of a broken leg here. So I, that, I think I think Pollard is phenomenal. I would, I would how does love that work with a broken leg? Office. Is he out for a fucking year? So I don't know how that works. All right, Jess. Uh, but, so we're going to talk uh, your game here. It was interesting. It, it was wasn't. A, it, it was a dog fight. <laughs> it was not a dog fight. It I wasn't so interesting bad. at all. I felt so. I felt. I honestly felt bad for you. I just. I really did. I was sitting, <laughs> I was sitting on my couch and I was. I was waiting for the tweets. I was like, oh man, it's just it's coming. I tried so hard to just put my phone down and not tweet anything. You got like, it, I, dude. I, Then I would be like, oh, I'll pick it up, say something. And then I'm like, okay, catch myself. Do you have? Do you have? Do you have like? a real inner circle of friends that are texting you and breaking your balls or no? Uh, no, I mean, no, I have, okay. we all have that group that like yes. we talk to and like, they, yes. you know, mostly they would just be like, Oh man, like that's, you know, that's year two, Josh Allen. I got a bunch of that. And okay. you know, th- that kind of stuff. So some, right, some so, breaking so of the balls, but not, not it a sounds ton. More supportive. It sounds not more, a ton. It sounds more supportive. That's good. Um, all right. So I, I mean, I can give you my assessment here, Jess. It's pretty simple. And I think I've already kind of kicked it off. Uh, we were texting about this, I believe, Monday um, in the old infamous group chat. Shout out Chris W. Powers. Um, he I, did send I, his condolences for the game, so I appreciate it. To that, both Chris. of us, it's like a funeral. <laughs> so um, I think it was pretty fucking self-explanatory. The Bills came out flat as a fucking pancake, and, uh, the, and the Bengals came out, fired the fuck up. They scored seven quick. Bills three and out. Bengals ball control. The Bills looked like they were fucking in quicksand. They looked like they had never played in snow before. And the Bengals looked like they'd been been playing in snow their entire fucking lives since Pop Warner. Um, everything that they ran felt like was working. When the when the Bills would get third and longs, uh, the Bengals would fucking convert. Um, Bills go three and three and out again. So now. The, the Bengals get the ball back, and before you know it, just blink of an eye. I mean, it could not have been fucking eight or ten minutes for the gameplay here. They're down 14 nothing. At this moment, they're down 14 nothing. Where's your head at? Uh, I'm pretty much thinking that the game's over from there. Like yeah. I, you so, know, a lot of a lot of people are like, "Nah, man, Buffalo is always stronger in the second lot half." Lot of time. Lot I, of I'm time, gonna tell you what. Right? The beginning of this game was just like the Saturday game. Uh, that Eagles. got canceled. That first oh, Bengals, wow. that that first Bengals Holy drive, shit. that first Bengals drive was like the hottest knife through the squishiest butter. Like they just went down and scored. It, it was like nothing. Nothing. This is a phenomenal take. 
And so the first drive of the Bengals game, same thing. You're thinking, man, it's snowing. It's going to slow him down a tad. Nah, Joe Burrow was like, fuck this, man. I'm, I'm ice cold, baby, already. I'm going to go down here. I'm going to throw some fucking lasers and just score. They did. Took it right down scored. Buffalo goes three and out next drive. Uh, Bengals get the ball back. Uh, long, uh, long, uh, I believe it was another uh, long third down conversion. They get it. They go down. They get that just freebie touchdown to Hayden Hurst. No one's covering him. He's wide open. Jordan Poirier is the only guy close, and he's not even close. Uh, they're down 14. Uh, actually, before the, they, they went up 14, Bill's second drive that did also end in a three and out, that was the play where uh, Allen is rushed. He steps up into the pocket and overthrows a very wide open Stefan Diggs, which was just a lead on to all the other stuff that happened much later in the game. If that pass is on target, Diggs is running in for like a 45 yard touchdown untouched. And now it's seven, seven and we have a ball game. Instead, he overthrows him. Uh, the game goes back to Cincy since he scores. Now they're down 14. And after that, it was just, it really, it really took nothing. the wind out of the sails. The stadium was quiet. It was just... You know what's weird, real quick? What's weird is that there were several points in the game. First of all, uh, a lot of tweets from Bills fans in the stadium were uh, complaining about so much orange being in the stadium. They were like, where the hell are you, Bills fans? Like, I see more orange here than blue and red. What's going on? And you could literally hear at several points in the game, who day chants. yes. Yes, you could. No Bills Mafia, no shout, no – you could hear Hootay all through that stadium. It was as bad. the Bengals are just running it up. It's difficult when you go down 14 nothing, and you know they've got some absolute dogs that could run that ball, and you're just, you're just playing catch-up. The entire – everything changes. Jesse and I talked about this. I talked about this previously as well. It's – I'm a firm believer in when they lost the linebacker whose name escapes me right now Von, that they got Von from Miller. When Miller. they lost Von Miller, along with a series of defensive backs, it's it's difficult to play great defense when you're when you got a lot of backups in. And the Bengals do a great job of spreading you out, and they've got three unbelievable wide receivers. And you, you, you keep hearing, and it and it's probably true, T. Higgins would probably be a number one if he was in Indianapolis or you know, maybe he'd Jacksonville. be in number one with, yeah. uh, with the charges. You never know. So I, I, I wonder, I, you know, I, I just wonder if Buffalo's defense just didn't have enough to bring to the table. It wasn't their best offering, if you will. Which happens when you get this late into the season, right? Uh, a lot of teams are dealing with injuries. It just seems to me, and you'd know better, that Buffalo was dealing with a little bit more here when it came to their defensive starters those first three or four weeks when they were just fucking boat racing teams as opposed to last weekend. Well, so uh, a lot of Bills fans, you know, you want to think the best of your team every week, win or lose. But the game that changed everything for Buffalo was that, I believe it was a week four game against the Dolphins yep. in Miami. We lose. It's, it's turnover, late turnover by Josh Allen, uh, ends, ends the comeback. Uh, Tua gets out, gets a win. 
uh, the heat, the, I mean, Stefan Diggs can barely move out there. He's like breathing heavy. He's, he's, you know, sweating to death. Everybody's like dying out there. I, it felt to me like everybody just wanted to get off the field instead of continue to try to play a game. And to me, uh, it, it showed like a little bit of a, a lack of heart, man, a lack of wanting to play, you know, that competitive spirit. Uh, a lot of a lot of teams, you know, like or a lot of Buffalo Bills behind the scenes stuff at practices is, are the Bills dancing, high fiving. You know, Josh Allen's trying to figure out a new handshake with Stefan for the week, and like, there's a lot of joking, a lot of giggling, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of grab assing. Where's the fucking heart, man? Where's the competitive spirit? Where's the dog? You see. There's differences between good teams who win Super Bowls instead of great teams who win Super Bowls because the good teams just have more dogs on the field. And what I mean by dogs are those players that are willing to sacrifice their bodies to get that extra yard, willing to sacrifice their bodies to hit that quarterback that extra second. The willing to stretch out on a play to try to knock a pass down or try to stretch out on the play to grab that pass. The Buffalo Bills, we've been talked about as dogs. But I don't see no dogs on the field. I see a bunch of chihuahuas out there running around yes. yapping. That's what I see. Yes. I want to see that. I want to see that go out there, stomp a mud hole in someone's <laughs> ass, and then walk off the field. Some Ray Lewis shit, man. I want to see well, some of that Va- Baltimore Ravens defense. That's what you know Von what I mean? Brought, right? That's what Von Miller brought. He brought that dog. And I get it, man. Josh is not perfect. He's by far not, you know, he's 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 Josh Allen. What I see Josh Allen right now is the Josh Allen we're going to get for the next however many years until he either uh, signs another contract or leaves and goes play somewhere else. Wow. Josh Allen has, has somewhat peaked. What we see in wow. him is, is what we get. But like I said about Dak Prescott, you're going to get those plays where it's just that unbelievable. He jumps over three players, hurdles three times in the air, scores a touchdown. And then on the next play, the next game, you're going to see him toss three picks. And then, you you know, you're going to either come out with a quick sneaky win or a, a bad loss. That's the Josh Allen we get. I've looked at his stats last three years, about 4,400 yards, about 35 touchdowns, about 13 picks. That's where he's been at for the last three years. That's what can you're I, getting out of Josh. Can I tell you, you what, I, what I think? I'm going to cut you off. Can I tell Please. you what I think Buffalo needs? If yes, I could, I mean. if I could give you, if I could take one position and go, you put a, you put a stud here, and this changes fucking everything. It's a running back. Yeah. If they had a twenty to twenty-five carry running back, and I know there ain't fucking, there ain't a lot of those in the league left, right? There ain't a lot of Derrick Henrys, there ain't a lot of Christian McCaffreys. I get that, but if they could find a real stud, a fucking workhorse, someone they could lean on as opposed to, you know, at some point, Josh is just going to go, fuck this. I'm going to try and do everything. Yeah. There was someone they could truly, but not only that, it just changes everything. It, it increases the screen game. It increases digs opportunities for one-on-ones. It it gives uh, Gabe Davis opportunities to you know to beat safeties because when they do those play actions, safeties are going to be frozen, assuming oh they might actually run the ball because we have to respect their running back as opposed to Singletary. He just ain't the fucking guy. 
he's just not the guy, Jess, bottom line. And I I get that he's that he fits in that system, but is he is how many games this year did Singletary really have where he was that guy? I want to say two. And I might be wrong. Maybe there's I think more. you're right. I think I think I I think the number of games where he's rushed either over ninety yards is probably two to three games. Where you go, this guy put up 160 total fucking yards. But he ain't putting up Jonathan Taylor numbers. He's not this putting is, up Derrick Henry numbers. This is you know what I mean? They, and here's now, here's another thing that I, I just real quick bounce off that. I do believe that a run game is needed in Buffalo, like a legitimate run game. We need an RB1 who can take that ball 15 to 20 you know, times a game and, and be a threat on the field each play, even if it's a pass play. The run game opens up opportunities in the pass game. If you had a run game, Buffalo on third and two is running the ball. They're not hucking the ball 40 yards down the field. And oh, they're not trying to run some Gabe stupid Davis. sneak to fucking exactly. um, sneak and getting your guy banged up more and more and more. Like, I mean, Josh Allen was bloodied up legitimately. Like he had been hit and knocked around so many times. Like he was just, he was a mess at the, at the end of the game. And, and, and I know that Jeff, people, this is, this is the third year in a row we're saying he's taking too many hits. And, and, and that's, that's to uh, the next point is that um, where you said with Dallas, you hope that they draft either an offensive lineman, like a stud offensive lineman, hopefully a tackle, somebody who can protect uh, Prescott, or a wide receiver, somebody who's going to help open up that passing game. The Buffalo Bills need to work on either it through the free agency and just throwing cash, which we don't have necessarily, but doing something to try to procure a RB1 or through the draft, we need to find some offensive linemen to come and just help keep Josh upright. Because, like you said, this is like third year in a row we said he just takes too much. He takes too many hits. And what happens is Josh loses faith. Uh, the Buffalo Bills had the third most drop passes in the league this year. That's between all these quote-unquote stud receivers that we have. Third most drop passes in the league. That is not enough to win a Super Bowl. That's not even close. If you're, you're if your pass catchers can't pass catch, you're fucked. Then what happens next is Josh Allen says, you know what? If I'm the only guy on the field that can do anything, I guess I got to make shit happen. And then he goes all rogue and starts running all over the field, trying to make weird passes happen, trying to run through linebackers. And then you that's how you lose games or eventually Josh Allen's uh, career is going to come up short because one of these days he's going to get hit by a dude who's a lot bigger than him. And he's not going to be able to get up. And here's another thing that I saw in the Miami Dolphins game that happened. Uh, I believe it was the playoff game, the wild card game. The little push and shove between him and the defensive lineman on on the Dolphins. That's uncharacteristic because that that showed me that Josh was truly frustrated at how the game itself was going, not necessarily the the defensive lineman. He was just simply getting blocked out of the play, and he lost his he lost his shit. Went out there, tried to fucking fight a guy who's three hundred and twenty pounds. That's just pure frustration in, in how the game's going and how the game is not necessarily going your way. Josh Allen needs help, especially in the offensive line. Um, let me throw three names at you. How much improvement do you think the Bills would have next year if they had Jamal Williams? I mean, damn, Jamal Williams led the league this year in touchdowns by a running yeah, back. Yeah, 17 so, TDs. I mean, that's it's a 17, lot. 17 TDs. So, uh, by the way, Singletary had six total TDs, and that's counting all of his TDs. Jamal had 17. Yeah. Um, and, to, and, and, let, and to put into perspective, Jamal Williams is not even their RB1. DeAndre Swift started off as their RB1, 
and through injuries and stuff, Jamal just took the ball and carried a lot. And I bet you Jamal Williams didn't even average probably 60 yards a carry uh, game. He's just out there no. when it counts. Hell no, he didn't. But he did have 1,066 uh, yards, so he did break 1,000 rushing yards. Here, here's, another, here's another thing, too. Uh, I, I know that it's fun to give McCarthy shit because, well, let's face it, he deserves it. As a head coach, he's not my favorite guy. And I kind of feel bad that he's over there head coaching, you know, a, a team in Dallas that definitely has Super Bowl potential. But as far as in Buffalo, like, what are you doing – when it's third and short and you're passing the ball downfield like rocket passes, like what are you doing? That's that What's the is thought process here. That is your coach believing in his guy, and that's it. That's your coach believing in his guy. That's your offensive coordinator believing in his guy. That's your uh, what is it? We just talked about him. Your analytic guy going no, we yeah. pass here. And you're not going to go with it's deep in the third quarter. It's deep in the fourth quarter. Guys are a little bit tired. Guys are a little bit more banged up. We should probably just run this fucking ball right up the middle because it works. Um, what do you think about Miles Sanders? I love Miles Sanders. He's a free agent. He's he's, a, he's underrated. Probably coming at fairly decent price. I believe that he had over 1,000 yards rushing as well this season. So I don't know how it would work, but let's say – the Raiders call Buffalo and they say, Hey, we want to trade you Josh Jacobs. We want this year's first round pick. We want next year's first round pick. Do you hang up the phone or do you take that fucking deal? Or what are you thinking? I'm taking the deal. I I've been a Josh Jacobs fan since he was at Alabama. So can you imagine Josh Jacobs on that team? You can he do it fucking, all. Get fucking 2000 yards this year. He had, <laughs> 60, he had 1600 yards just rushing and fucking 400 yards receiving. Here, here's another here's another thought process for all Bills fans. Any Bills fans that could possibly come across this podcast and listen to it is this. Brandon Bean gets a lot of praise for his, his moves, offseason moves. But he has spent draft pick after draft pick after draft pick on not offensive linemen, not, not running backs, not wide receivers, not tight ends, defense. Von Miller didn't even play for like the last six games and he's tied with uh, the most sacks on the, on that team with eight. That's, that's a problem. That's a problem. So, so if you, you, what do you want to just, we're going to end on this cause we can do bills for another 20 minutes. Yeah, we can. We uh, got to, we got to definitely move on to the, to, to give me, Bengals give me, Casey. Uh, first, first round pick. What do you, what do you want the bills to do with that first round pick? It's going to be late as fuck. Clearly. Yeah, uh, I believe that right now we're slated at 27. There's a guy that pops up, at least when I'm doing my mock drafts. There's a guy that pops up a lot around there. It's uh, uh, Cyrus. Uh, he's a, he's a big-ass guard from Florida. Uh, I, I say that you start with the offensive line and work your way down. Offensive line. Same. If that guy from Florida is available, he's a big-ass dude. He's strong as hell. Uh, he likes to push people around. Get yourself a strong ass guard. Uh, Spencer Brown, uh, our like six round draft pick, who's been starting for us for like the last two years, clearly is not good enough to start and needs to be sat. So you're gonna have to look for a right tackle at some point in time. The offensive line is where I go first. All right, I'm looking at all of our favorite gambling websites, and they all are in agreement here. One point. The Cincinnati Bengals are a one-point favorite on the road versus the Chiefs. This might change between now and Saturday. 
again, depending on what whatever they they proclaim Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is playing. Regardless, he's taking the fucking needle. He's playing. I don't care how fucked up his leg is. <laughs> they can come out after they come out after the Super Bowl, after whenever, whenever the Kansas City season is over, they can say, Oh, it turns out he had a fucking hairline fracture. He just played through it. Nobody would be surprised. Mahomes is gonna fucking play. Um, Jess, who you got? Uh even with a healthy Mahomes, I've got the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Joe Burrow is three and O, including playoff games against Patrick Mahomes. He's the only quarterback in the league that can that can proclaim that. He is the only guy that's beaten uh, you know, undefeated against Patrick. Patrick Mahomes is magic. Everything he does is fairly phenomenal. Uh, the guy put up like five thousand yards this season with pay- basically a makeshift wide receiver core outside of Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it was Kelsey. Uh, and if you can do that, you can put up those numbers with the receivers he's got. Aaron Rodgers can get uh, MVS to hold on to a pass. He had Patrick Mahomes made MVS look like a stud. So that there's a difference in quarterbacks, and and Patrick Mahomes is special. Uh, but he is playing on a bum leg. We seen him last week against Jacksonville after that, that, uh, roll up on his ankle. It was bad. It looked really bad. Damn. It looked bad. Uh, and he couldn't even put pressure on it when he's trying to hand the ball off. This was after halftime, after the needle, after another rap job, this guy is, he, he is cooked for this game. I'm telling you, he is not going to be able to do the things that he normally can do when fully healthy, he's going to have to rely on a bunch of short passes. He's going to have to rely on Pacheco to take the ball and try to make something out of it. He's going to have to rely on McKinnon to take the ball and make something out of it. And Travis Kelsey very well could end up with 20 catches in this game because I don't think he's throwing the ball downfield. No, it's all so, checked down, Charlie. You no, know, uh, because of that, I'm taking Joe Burrow and the Bengals. They're hot right now. They are trending yeah. up, 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 up. Jesus. Joe Burrow is ice Fucking cold. Damn, that guy is just so smooth with everything he does. I can't believe it. Uh, like I, I tweeted out before, I, I swear he's Joe Montana reincarnate. This kid just nothing phases him. Nothing phases him. He just he just stands there. He takes hits. Uh, just like we talk about Josh Allen get hit a lot. Joe Burrow's gotten he's gotten sacked the most of any quarterback in the league in the last two years. And he's still out yeah, there going to shit. Super Bowls. He's still out they're there going to Super shit. Bowls. So uh, Jay mentioned it earlier. He's got probably the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. And then he's got uh, tight ends that can at least make uh, plays. The offensive line is makeshift, but damn, Buffalo couldn't touch him last Mixon. week. It's a mixin too. Mixin's Mixon's, a you play, uh, it's Sam a, B. Yeah. Perrine. Perrine's you play, out there muscle you play, hamstring you people. Play, you play ball control offense. You run the ball. You throw screens. You let your receivers do their thing. You keep the ball out of Kansas City's hands. This is a fucking recipe for disaster for Kansas yeah. City. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I think if Mahomes is healthy, that one point is probably three uh, to KC. Because home, healthy Mahomes, you know. It's a different seed. game. It's a different it's a game. Different I think game. I think the spread looks different. Uh, but uh, if it's one point, I, could, I, I, think, I don't think it changes a lot. I don't think the, the the that movement. I don't think there's a lot of movement between now and the game. There will be some, but not a ton. And at this point in time, like I said, trending up versus trending down. We talk about it on the show all the time. I'm taking the Bengals. I'm taking the points. If anything, this moves to a pick 'em. I don't think it moves. I, I don't unless unless Mahomes gets called out, and, and which we all are doubting here. Um, 
Yeah, I just think it's a recipe for disaster. I think Mahomes has to be not necessarily um, the running quarterback as much as he just needs to have time to shuffle his feet. And once those, once the spike, once the needle wears off, and he's got to actually go through the pain, uh, deal with the pain, as well as that pass rush, as well as not being able to get that extra second or two, which is what he needs to be the guy that he is. They're in trouble. Um, I would not be surprised if we see Cincinnati, much like last week, go up 10 or 13 or 14 real quick. And now all of a sudden, it's a totally different ball game. And Mahomes is fucking de- having to deal more, having to drop, drop back more, having to get banged up more. I like the Bengals. I agree with you, Jess. They are hotter than a pistol right now. Almost feels impossible to bet against them until I see him have a bad game, and I don't know when that's coming. Um, I like the Bengals. I like the points. You and I agree. So what what do we have here? We basically we've set up a Cincinnati San Francisco Super Bowl. Do we dare make a pick now, or do we wait until next week? No. Here's the good news. The good news is uh, I will be in Florida next week, so who knows if we're even doing a show next week? Oh, that's if we're true. doing that's a show, true. if we're doing a show, we're gonna have to work around like I don't know how Florida times work, but I but I might be able to do one in the nighttime. So we'll we'll cross we'll that see. bridge. I, when we get yeah, there. we'll cross that bridge. Cross so, that bridge when we get there. But if we do not do a show next week, I got great news. We can do a Super Bowl show. Ah, yeah. How about Super that? Bowl show. How about that? Right? How about that? All right. I like Super Bowl shows. Yes, I get that's it. That's all I got. That's it. it. That's all oh, I no, got. No, no, no. Hold on. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Uh, oh. I, pretty much, I pretty much said it already, but uh, AEW is an incredible live experience. I was very fortunate the last two weeks to be able to go to back-to-back shows. I talked about the LA show last week's podcast. This week's podcast, uh, a fucking fun show in Fresno. The tickets are not that expensive. I'm pretty sure you can get uh, walk-up tickets in your local town when they come. The show was phenomenal. They taped four fucking shows, Jess. They taped a a Dark Elevation show. They taped Dynamite. And then they said, oh, uh, guess what, Fresno, you're lucky. We're going to do a Jay Briscoe memorial show tonight for ROH and tape that. Damn. Then they taped Rampage and then did a memorial show. So Brian and I watched almost six hours of wrestling. We were there from four to, I believe, 9.30. I think we got out of there around 9.30. Like we, Damn. yeah, dude, we were locked in. We were fucking locked in. So hell of a night again. If you get a chance, go check out AEW Dynamite. Go go support local wrestling. It was fucking a blast. AEW, they're on point. They got big things coming up. Tony Khan out there doing things. Shout out to the Briscoes and 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 uh, the family members of of Jay and 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 uh, friends and and coworkers and all that stuff. It was Positive huge, thoughts. Huge thoughts. loss to the wrestling community, and obviously a huge loss to his family and friends as well. Uh, folks, that's it for us. I think we're done. So you got our picks. We we basically have picked for you a San Francisco versus Cincinnati Super Bowl. Last time that happened, Joe Montana kicked Boomer Sison's ass. 
we're waiting to see what happens next. Maybe the Eagles pull something out of their ass. Maybe maybe some magic Mahomes happens. Uh, yes. knows? It's all in play. But it's all in play right now, folks. Uh, that's it for us. So you can follow us on Twitter. At, uh, at follow Jay at Valdez, spelled backwards, 559. Follow myself at JTT81. Follow the pod at Team Toss 21. And shout out to Variety Sports Network, who hosts us right now at Variety underscore sports underscore. Folks, that's it for us. Enjoy the rest of your week. Peace, guys.